Like, if I don't get this fixed, like, my whole house goes off the side of the hill to the next rain. What? Because we're on stilts. Oh, my God. We have erosion. The rain comes down and erodes the hill. So we've got people fixing that. I sometimes wonder if your house is worth the effort, Gigi. I cry a lot. <laughs> Tonight, uh, I, I have my once-a-month period beer. <laughs> because, <laughs> period like, beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just started. I just started my period. So this is. I don't usually drink. Uh, so this will be fun tonight because you'll be slushed. No, this is just to dull the pain. Brother Paul used to drink during our recordings. I don't think it made him any funnier, but sometimes it had some really amusing effects where he had vodka one night and he became basically catatonic by the end of it. Mm. He didn't know what he was saying. Yeah, that'll happen. Just as long as everyone's not drinking. So go for it. Off you go. Right. It's all good. <laughs> now, I'm just scrolling back through the articles that I wanted to cover. They're all pretty lighthearted. Well, sort of. <laughs> They're sort of light. You willingly went to Deseret News and looked at Deseret News articles. I found it educational, Jones. It's 100% propaganda. <laughs> yes. It's very interesting that patients wants to like actually explore deeper. Like you're posting things about general conference patients and I'm like the mental space of my brain doesn't even want to go back into such a dark place. Well, no <laughs> one would want to go there. Yeah, but she's not going back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. She's going for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, oh, I've got a question for you all. I've noticed that these general conferences happen really regularly. Yes. They are biannual. Biannual. So all Mormons are bi? Yeah. They call them semi-annual, which... Doesn't mean what they think it means. Exactly. It doesn't mean what they... Cause the correct way to call it would be biannual to indicate it happens twice a year. Oh. Semi-annual means it happens every year or so, but that's not accurate. <laughs> I wish it would happen every century or so, but whatever. Yes. Now, did you all notice that article that recommended things to do in between sessions? Like somebody actually needs that. Why would you no, need an article wait, telling you what say? you can do? Yeah. Okay. I spent a number <laughs> of years as a dad with kids watching conference. Oh, no. And so oh. it was like you had to come up with things because if, if you were going to force your kids to try and sit through that, it was going to be absolute hell. You had to have something to break up the day. So, because the first session of the day happens at 10, and the second one happens at noon. And on Saturdays, it used to be a priesthood session, and then it was just a third session, and that happened at 6 a o'clock. priesthood session? And then on Sunday, they had another session at... Uh, 10 o'clock. What's a priesthood session? <sighs> That's for penises only. Yeah, oh, penises, penises only. only. Yeah, if you have oh. a dick and you're 12 years or older, then you have this <laughs> oh, special meeting God. where they tell you not to touch said dick uh, and not to look at do you know what this reminds people. me of? Okay, do you know how we've got all this stuff going on right now with the uh, folks in Iran about the women's rights? Oh, and no. a hijab. Oh, now, what no. always struck me is that the women can't even drive without a male present, some, you know, or these things that they can't do without a man present, to the point where if you have an eight-year-old child that's a boy, that kid can kind of probably decide if they pull the plug on you, like before oh. your own sister could decide. 
Mm -hmm. So when I see that happening in the church to some extent, in the power that a child has, you know, because he's a boy, you know, what would they do if the Mormons could keep going in that direction? Would they be similar? I mean, they've already yes. telling us what kind of underwear to wear. Yes. Right. <laughs> if they could, they would. Drink for JJ mentioning the underwear. Oh, I've got my period beer. Oh, that's so gross. I'm going to call this my uh, lunar cycle beer, because if you haven't noticed, we are going to be having the full moon in like a day or so, and my cycle is absolutely perfectly aligned. Oh, oh wow. That's that's just perfect, JJ. My body is magic. Oh. Apparently so. You're a witch. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's kind of crazy. You know what uh, else is magic, JG? <laughs> Friendship. Oh, God. We're going to pull in My Little Pony into, the hair, into this now? Is that a My Little Pony reference? Yes. Oh, my God. I love you, patience. Friendship is magic. Uh, I've never watched it. My kids loved when they revived it. It was actually pretty good. The writing was good. Was it? And the animation was good. I have to watch it one day. Hey. Let's see. It started like seven, eight years ago. So I would watch it with my kids because it was fun. It was fun to watch. Unlike the 80s cartoon, it wasn't like just stupid. <laughs> like I said, it was well written. So I do have one My Little Pony memory as a child, actually. Mm. I had a, um, like a piggy bank. It was a pony bank. It was purple. I must have got it for a birthday present. What type of decoration did this pony have on its ass? I don't remember any decorations on it. Because that's how you kind of know what kind of pony it is. Yeah, their yeah. pony mark. It's a very vital and important part of Although their identity. I was never <laughs> that into it. My parents didn't have the money to buy all of the toys. And so when you don't buy all the fucking toys, like you don't know. Like, come on, if you can't pay to have all the garbage pail kids, did you know which garbage pail kids existed? Garbage well, I did kid? because all my friends had the garbage pail kids and they'd show me all the fucking cards. Uh, right. What is a garbage pail kid? Oh, <gasps> you didn't have these in the 80s? No. Oh my God. They're trading cards that are like stickers. Oh, I think brother Ben froze up. Oh no, he was just falling asleep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can you blame him? Uh, Brother Ben, <laughs> could you please explain to our friend Patience what a garbage pail kid yes, is? Yes, Benji, tell me all about it. Now, Patience, please look into the camera because I want to see your reaction when you realize that this is a thing. <laughs> Hello, Gigi. I'm looking at the camera. Okay. Somebody tell her what this is. Okay, uh, Patience. Mm -hmm. Down in Australia, did you guys have the uh, Cabbage Patch Kids? Yes, we had the Cabbage Patch the Kids. The little stuffed dolls with the plastic heads that were freaks of nature. <laughs> yes. Garbage Pail Kids were trading cards that basically they were a parody of the... Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, they were a, a parody. parody. Yeah. Basically gross and disgusting characters with gross and disgusting names. Benji's got a picture. Oh! <gasps> there you go. Bugged Bert, yeah. Oh, great. Jesus. Oh, my God, my heart. My heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. That makes me think That's of my childhood. Yeah, that is nostalgic. Instead of having dolls, they were physical trading cards, you know, yeah. like baseball cards or anything. And there were hundreds of them, I think. Yeah, there were quite a lot of them. Is this what kids in general conference are using to help them get through those sessions? Not anymore. No, you weren't allowed to really have these. Oh, God, no. <laughs> By the way, this card uh -huh. is for sale on this website. Site for eighty five dollars. Oh, I love it. That's great. For a hideous it's just this troll. one card. Wow. What we did personally for our kids to get through conference 
was we would buy them a Lego set for them to build during conference. But I think we did the trying to make them take notes thing like maybe one session and it was a spectacular failure. (laughs) (laughs) I love my parents. They knew how boring it was and they didn't make us go. I don't even think they went. Oh, really? That was one of the things. See, in California and San Diego, like you can still really be part of the church and there are certain things nobody's really going to judge you on. Lucky you, JJ. Yeah. Yeah, for me, girl, Growing up in Arizona in the 80s and 90s. That more strict. Well, it was more strict, but also they didn't broadcast it on TV or on the radio. So you had to go to the church building to watch conference. And so my parents right, would yeah. drag our ass. Oh, now, my parents yeah. were not so strict that they would make us go to the Saturday sessions. My father and I, would we'd go to the priesthood session. But on Sunday, they would drag our ass there. And we'd go and we lived about half an hour away from the church building. Arizona is more strict than California, I think. Like Parts of it, yeah. All of my relatives that live in Arizona, there's a bit more Mormons there. And now mm-hmm. that um, more Mormons. Roe versus Wade is overturned <laughs> and Arizona has, what do you call it, Brother Ben, when an older law comes back to life when a new law gets overturned? If there's a term for it, I don't know if Tom had, but it's like, it's a fucking zombie law. Right, so there's a zombie law in the books and Roe v. Wade makes that zombie law disappear and then it comes back to life when Roe v. Wade goes away. Now they're going to have more Mormons than ever in Arizona. <sighs> the same judge was still on the bench who had issued the original injunction. They said, well, the law that caused us to do the injunction is moot. Right. So the injunction is removed and that put the old law back in place. What's interesting, I think, about that from a legal perspective is that the Arizona legislature recently passed a 15-week ban and the old ban is much more strict. So there are like people saying, well, the new ban should supersede the old ban. Oh, that's such an interesting point in construction because what was the intent of the people that drafted the 15-week ban? The 15-week ban was drafted originally pre the court decision So they didn't draft it with the intent to expand rights upon the older law. No, it was just in case the Supreme Court upheld Mississippi's 15-week thing. They wanted to have a 15-week thing, but for whatever reason, it didn't pass until recently. But that's when the idea came up, and that's when it was drafted, was back before the decision. So they're not banning abortion, right? Abortion is legal up to 15 weeks, and then after that, then it's illegal. Right. With some bare exceptions, but yeah, basically. Yeah, caveats, yeah. For 95% of women, they would know well before 15 weeks that they were pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. No. No, not really. No. 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 The vast majority of abortions are done before that. Right. Yeah, they you are. Know, and the but... other thing is, is you can have something happen very far into the pregnancy that something happens where you're like, you need to abort that child, otherwise you or both are going to die. And there's also... Not every woman has a regular cycle. Jesus Christ, not every woman only has one uterus. Some women have two. Wow. There's that, but like... They want to give me one? I have women in my family that can go... multiple months without a period and then suddenly right. they have a period. They're not pregnant right. but they could easily go 15 weeks or more without a period and not be pregnant. Here's the reason this doesn't even need to continue. Do you want to have to explain that to a judge? But your honor, my period is a right. No, that's private. That should be between you and your goddamn doctor. All right. And if I have to start explaining my period to a judge, you have already stepped over the line. Oh, I'm with you. What's going to have to happen is here, both sides are going to have 
have to cave and they're going to have to meet in the middle at a particular month. Both sides are going to be unhappy. Yeah. And I just wanted to know if 15 weeks is enough and it sounds like it's not. No. The CDC says, pre the decision, so this was assuming that portion is legal everywhere, 80% of abortions happen before nine weeks and 93% occur before 13 weeks. Wow, okay. okay. You know, but that's assuming that you can call somebody in your state and get one. Right. Those days are gone, and so... How are those statistics going to change now? Because all of Texas is now shipping out all of the abortions that are needed. And these are women that are like, the baby is already dying inside of them, and they're not in sepsis yet. So their life is not considered in threat because they haven't gotten infection in their blood that could kill them. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I had my first board meeting with the library, which is interesting. We talked about chairs. Oh, that sounds boring at the board meeting. Fancy that. I had a good time. Oh, that's good. <laughs> different people enjoy different things. Uh, I'm a total dork. You don't want to see the shit show that happens if there's not enough chairs at the library. <laughs> they are easily cleaned because they have this nano material that people can do whatever they want to do on them because we know what people do on them ah. in the library. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's right. the library. They, they they know that people are going to like They're reading shit. Fifty Shades of Grey and just uh, farting all over oh, those <laughs> you, you want them to last a while, so they're expensive. <laughs> but it was not, I mean, it was interesting to do like local politics, I guess. I don't know what to say. Back to the general conference. For the couple of you there that are in Utah, did any of you actually go to the live performance? Not a performance, but the live. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really. is a performance. It is a, it is a performance. performance. Yeah. The real show at General Conference is to drive on the public streets around General Conference oh. and see all of the anti-Mormon protesters. Oh yeah. Well, that, that's <laughs> who were screaming yeah. about how Mormons are not Christian. <gasps> And oh my I'm God, like, they could be protesting so many other so things. So what you're saying is they're <laughs> worshipping the invisible God, the non-existent sky right, daddy, yeah. the wrong that way. That you don't like. Right, right, right. But yeah, those guys are entertaining. That's interesting. They are. They stand right across the street or sometimes even on the corner across from the conference center. And yeah, they just yell at everybody when they walk by. That is so oh. counterproductive. Very. I just think they're having fun with it. I don't think they're like... Uh, <laughs> you know. They're just having fun. But I don't recall if I've ever been to a <laughs> conference. No, you know what? Actually, no, I think my family and I, we did go one time. Oh, on site. You actually went to the actual Yeah, live. on site. And oh. how exciting. Yeah, I've never been live ever, 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 ever. That's good, Brother Benjamin. You're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> My family had this tradition. All the boys would go to the priesthood session, not at church headquarters, but it used to be that they wouldn't put that one on TV. No, because they didn't want the non-penis havers to see it. You would put on your tie and you'd go to like the steak center or whatever and watch it. And it was on Saturday night. So then we'd go get like Chipotle or something. We would go get ice cream. I mean, you have to make it an event. Otherwise, people fucking don't want to do it. Well, yeah. Yes, I would love to put on a tie on a Saturday night and right? go uh, sit with a bunch of other dudes and be told not to <laughs> masturbate. Yeah, how horrible. Is that pretty much all it's about? The whole thing is just about don't wank? Uh, I never got to hear what went on in those conference rooms. Tell me. It's mostly just about like real men don't swear and real men don't use porn and real men don't play with their little factories. What does that mean? Real men? Like are other men not real boys? Are they made of wood? 
Uh, they have a lot of wood, JJ. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Christ-like doesn't tempt me to want to be more Christ-like. No. No, when I was Mormon, Christ never came into it. Uh, Joseph Smith did, and what I was supposed to do to get married <laughs> did. Those were the things we talked about. Mm-hmm. Joseph came into it a lot, didn't he? Right. Uh, we didn't talk about Christ so much. Lots of receptacles. It's all just very Mormon. We call them women now. <laughs> and I don't think we talked about masturbation so much on the women's breakout sessions. Well, there's a reason for that, JJ. Because they think they thought that women didn't have a libido, that we were more likely to get seduced by boys and then become unclean and therefore unworthy. Mm-hmm. Because our value was uh, basically an exchange system mm-hmm. and it involved our virginity you know it was something to barter with i guess well historically that's been how it's been regarded you don't want to be chewed gum unless you've been chewed by your husband first i right. hate that phrase it bothers me so much yeah or you had the licked cupcake that is so also oh, horrible Christ. i love licking cupcake i don't understand what the issue is <laughs> that was one of the visuals my daughter got oh. in her lessons what's this chewing gum one i've never heard what's this it's not not just Mormon, it's Christian. This idea that, like, you know, as an object lesson, you'll chew up a piece of gum and then you'll show it to the girls and, like, would you want to eat this chewed gum? Who wants to chew on this gum? Do you want to chew on it? Nobody wants to chew on your used gum. If you've had sex already with a boy, that boy is not going to want to have sex with you, like, chew on you. Like, I don't know. Like, yes, you're now used gum. Come on, that boy will want to have sex with anything. And here's the part <laughs> I wonder if they've actually ever met any young men. Clearly, they haven't. They'll stick their dick no. in. Like, you had sex? Okay, great. Have sex with me now. <laughs> yeah, line up. <laughs> Do you know who Elizabeth Smart is, Patience? No, who's Elizabeth Smart? <gasps> She's probably, what, 30-something now? But when she was 13... It happened in 2002. She was kidnapped. She was a Mormon young girl kidnapped from her home by a man who had been like a helper around the house at some point previously. And he was insane, but he was insane in a Mormon kind of way. I mean, his celestial wife, what was her name? Yeah, Wanda Barzi. Wanda Barzi. Mm-hmm. They took her to the woods and they married her to Crazy Pants. And then uh, he proceeded to rape her every, ever, every day uh, for the next, what, nine months to a year? I don't even know. Something like that. What the fuck? She was gone from June 5th, 2002 until March 12th, 2003. Somebody recognized her in San Diego and they figured it out and they saved her. No, I thought it was here in Utah at Pioneer Park. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking of a different kidnapping that happened that we had somebody. Okay, yeah, yeah. So she got, but somebody recognized her. Here's what I'm remembering. She had actually been in San Diego at one point. Yes. He had taken her to a bunch of places. And I think like there was a missed opportunity in San Diego where she was not saved. Mm -hmm. So much for my hometown. Good job, El Cajon. Oh, she didn't have quite as much publicity in El Cajon as she had in Salt Lake. Yeah, they had billboards here. So when she was saved, how does the church reconcile their teachings of purity with this situation? They ignore it. The reason I brought it up is specifically because she said like many years later, so maybe four or five years ago about how she remembered that from before she was kidnapped yeah. and how she felt like really dirty and mm-hmm. used and the whole time she thinks that's one of the reasons why she didn't run away because she was just going around in public yeah lots of people saw her with her face covered she could have been saved at any minute but he had her convinced that if she said anything or did anything he would arrange to have people killed and her family like all this jazz so she was scared 13 year old who had been shamed 
groomed her whole life into believing a certain narrative about sexuality that further internalized that shame to the point where she couldn't reach out for help when she needed it the most, which is a goddamn shame. As an adult, she started speaking out against Mm -hmm. using that kind of language. Narrative. When you're talking about sex because of how damaging it was to her. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And the church, I have to say, I think that they haven't changed much. No, they haven't. It's still taught. But, you know, thank God she said something because it's just horrible. You'll hear them say that, you know, it doesn't count if you've been raped or you were forced or something, but it doesn't really change the No, you tell that to a girl that's been brainwashed her whole life to believe a certain thing. Not only that, I can't remember which general authority it was, but in general conference, he said that victims of sexual assault must accept that it's at least partially their fault. That is harsh. They must have done something to warrant it. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely 100% their bottom line. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing. All those years of like guilt and shame that by the time you get married and you're fucking allowed to fuck. Oh my God. Try getting around that as a mental block where you're like, wait a minute. This isn't supposed to be happening. I'm supposed to shut this shit down. That's a thing that people have a hard time getting over with. I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. I figured it out. It was Mormon apostle Richard G. Scott, 1992 general conference. Oh, he's the one that said it was the women's fault? Yes, victims of abuse should repent because they must accept some of the guilt. Like, the church is all up in your business. They're up in your brain and they're up in your bra. And I can't understand it. Alright, so, Jones, do you want to give us the preamble for chapter 7? I can certainly do that. Mosiah, chapter 7. Ammon finds the land of Lehi-Nephi, where Limhi is king. Limhi's people are in bondage to the Lamanites. Limhi recounts their history. A prophet, Abinadi, had testified that Christ is the God and Father of all things. Those who sow filthiness reap the whirlwind, (laughs) and those who put their trust in the Lord will be delivered. About 121 BC. I love that name, Abinadi. I know these names, aren't they great? Abinadi. Great until like all these goddamn kids start having these freaking names. Have any of you ever met an Abinadi? No, I've met quite a few. Nephi's, Samuel's. Yeah. My brother was going to be named Jedediah Ezekiel. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Or Mahanroy Moriankamer. Oh, my dear God. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but my mom talked him out of it. Oh, well, that's good. I've met a few Ammons. Mm. Yeah. Who are about to read here in verse 3. But for some reason, nobody really likes a Benedi. I think it's becoming more popular nowadays. Well, I mean, you're kind of setting your kid up for a rough life because three of the four of us know what happens to a Benedi, so it's it's not like oh, that's wanted it. <laughs> uh, does something odd happen? No, just something very not fun. This message does not receive the reception he might have hoped for. Just rewards for being a fine, upstanding prophet. Right, that's what he gets. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he goes the route of the saints. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it away. And now it came to pass that after King Mosiah had had continual peace for the space of three years, he was desirous to know concerning the people who went up to dwell in the land of Lehi-Nephi, or in the city of Lehi-Nephi. For his people had heard nothing from them from the time they left the land of Zarahemla. Therefore, they wearied him with their teasings. (laughs) So, just to confirm, these are the crowd that went off into the desert like 
ages ago, right? Yes, these these are the people that like fucked off like a hundred years ago or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, the people at Zarahemla they didn't have the brass plates and they spoke his funky language, but they thought that Mosiah with his other different language was cool, so they made him king. And then one of his descendants, Benjamin, became king, and then his son, who's also named Mosiah, became king. But the people that went to Lehi Nephi left, if I recall correctly, shortly after Mosiah and his people got to Zarahemla. They were like, hey, we want to go back to where we just left, where we right, right. ran away from the Lamanites. <laughs> so they left, and then they God, didn't hear from them. this is the most boring story ever. Like, even, yes. like, the cliff notes. I bet Joseph didn't even know this story. Like, he made it up I as think he was going along and then Well, it. I mean, do remember <laughs> that we are now in the portion that was after the 116 pages were lost. So, yeah, it's all a mumble-jumbled mess right now. Okay, verse 2. And it came to pass that King Mosiah granted that 16 of their strong men might go up to the land of Lehi-Nephi to inquire concerning their brother. And it came to pass that on the morrow, they started to go up, having with them one Ammon, he being a strong and mighty man, and a descendant of Zarahemla, and he was also their leader. Verse 4. And now they knew not the course they should travel in the wilderness to go up to the land of Lehi-Nephi. Therefore, they just wandered around. They didn't know where they were going. Or Therefore, they wandered many days in the wilderness. Even 40 days did they wander. <laughs> wow, why does that number keep popping up? Because it's a magical biblical number. <laughs> mm -hmm. And among them was one Jones, who was like, what the fuck kind of scouting trip is this? <laughs> this sucks. Why are we stuck on this fucking mountain again? So that's where all the Weird scouting trips come from. <laughs> yep. I mean, it wasn't unusual to go wandering in the forest for 40 days or so. Verse 5. And when they had wandered 40 days, they came to a hill, huh. which is north of the land of Shilom. And there they pitched, pitched their, their tents. tents. Nice. <laughs> I guess no tent pitching for 40 days. No wonder they were grumpy. Mm, right. Yeah, really. And Ammon took three of his brethren, and their names were Amaliki, <laughs> Helam, not Helen, <laughs> Helm and, and Hem. Hem. And they went down into the land of Nephi. Is it Amaliki, not Amalekai? Amalekai. Is that what it's supposed to be? I don't know. I would look up the Hebrew, but I feel like I might come up empty. Yeah, I know, right? After 40 days and nights with no women. They were looking to get into some trouble. It's just no wonder they pitched a tent after that time, you know? <laughs> uh, as they say in the Navy, it's not gay if you're underway, so. <laughs> oh, my God, I've never heard that phrase before, but that's hilarious. I think it's your guy, JJ. Okay, hold on. And behold, they met the king of the people who were in the land of Nephi and in the land of Shilom, and they were surrounded by the king's guard and were taken and were bound Ooh. and were committed to prison. Oh, no suspense. Were they handcuffs? Because they were bound. Oh. And they were committed to This prison. was some role play going on here. Yes, we got some bondage <laughs> happening. And it came to pass, when they had been in prison for two days, they were again brought before the king, and their hands were loosed. Loosed? I want to say loosened, because it says loose. I know, right? Is that my reading that wrong? No, you're reading it right. It's Joseph. 
It's Joseph. It sounds like a faith healer, doesn't it? Their bonds were broken, would have been a better word. Mm. Well, they didn't break them. They just took them off. So. Joseph didn't have an editor. He was just freeballing it. I know. I can stop editing this in my mind, though. It doesn't yep. stop. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Go on. <laughs> okay, and their hands were loosed, and they stood before the king and were permitted, or rather commanded, that they should answer the question which he should ask them. So this Ooh. is now like a little uh, rumble. Silskin riddle, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and he said unto them, Behold, I am Limhi. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. What is with this name, Limhi? It looks like something out of calculus. The son of Noah. Mm. Did we? Did Noah have a son named Limna? Not that Noah. Different Noah. Uh, different Noah. <laughs> okay. Who was the son of Zenith, who came up out of the land of Zarahemla to inherit this land, which was the land of their fathers, who was made a king by the voice of the people. He's like, uh, I need a biblical name, uh, Noah, which was always really confusing as a young kid because no one in the Bible is righteous, the holy man who listens to God. And King Noah is a complete and utter shithead. So you're like, wait, which Noah are we talking about? The good one or the bad one? Are they going to talk more about Noah? Oh yeah, we'll hear lots about Noah and his shittiness and the consequences. And can I just say, Limhi and Zenith, like was he sneezing? How the no, fuck did I think he come he, up with this? Lehi is another name that he has here. Right? So Lemhi and Lehi are not that far off. Yeah. It's like he's doing kung fu. My limbs, hi! There you go. I Mom think he just chop. got really caught up with that alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> and Zenith, whoosh! So Lehi, Limhi. Lift your legs to the sky. He's running out of letters. So Mimhi <laughs> would be next, and Kimhi, and Freehi, and Bullseye. I don't know. Go and do every guy. <laughs> It's, yeah, because when your creative juices get flowing, they, you start making connections, and that's how it works. Oh, you got to let those juices flow, JJ. Right? It's all gross, about gross, synapses. Brother Pentamus just got his head in his hands. He can't handle it. Mm. All right, I'll keep reading. So verse 10, And now I desire to know the cause whereby ye were so bold as to come near the walls of the city when I myself was with my guards just fucking them all night long without the gate. And now for this cause have I suffered that ye should be preserved, that I might inquire of you, or else I should have caused that my guards should have put you to death. Oh my God, this is so confusing the way he's saying this. Ye are permitted to speak. Oh, thanks for giving us permission. What is this guy's name again? Lemhi. What a loser. And now when Ammon saw that he was permitted to speak, he went forth and bowed himself before the king. So he didn't speak before he realized that he was permitted to speak, but now that he's permitted to speak, he goes forth and speaks. Well, thanks for that little detail, Joseph. I'm sure we all got something out of that. I mean, he's telling the same story of every person that goes before a powerful God. And rising again, well, that's nice, isn't it? He said, O king, I am very 
thankful before God this day that I am yet alive and am permitted to speak. There's that phrase again. (laughs) And I will endeavour to speak with boldness. Somebody save me from this. Verse 13. For I am assured that if ye had known me, ye would not have suffered that I should have worn these bands. (laughs) Don't you know who I am? Yeah, exactly. Do you know who? Well, not only that. Do you know who my father is? For I That's am exactly. Ammon, and I am a descendant of Zarahemla, and have come forth out of the land of Zarahemla to inquire concerning our brethren, whom Zenith brought up out of that land. And now it came to pass that after Libni had heard the words of Ammon, he was exceedingly glad and said, "Now I know of a surety that my brethren, who were in the land of Zarahemla, are yet alive." And now I will rejoice, and on the morrow I will cause that my people shall rejoice also. Because they won't just spontaneously rejoice. No. He will make them, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether they want to or not. That's right. Yep. Verse 15, For behold, we are in bondage to the Lamanites, and are taxed with a tax which is grievous to be borne. And now, behold, our brethren will deliver us out of our bondage, or out of the hands of the Lamanites, and we will be their slaves. For it is better that we be slaves to the Nephites than to pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites. But why would they be slaves to the Nephites? Well, what he's saying here is, dude, rescue us, please, and we will be your slaves. Yeah, we'd rather work for you than that other guy. Yeah, exactly. He's saying that he's being taxed grievously, but it seems to me like they've got themselves a little government going on there with armed guards and all sorts of stuff. It seems like they're pretty well protected already. Like, couldn't they just fight back? Well... They're a little, tiny little kingdom in the middle of a Lamanite empire. Oh, yeah, okay. and also, I, if I, I recall correctly, we'll see later. I think when the Lamanites come and take them over, they, like, take away all their weapons and stuff like that, so... Oh, okay. They can't actually stand now, up and fight. This Zenith is a common ancestor of both of these groups, is that right? Well, no. Zenith is the one who left Zarahemla, and I think he was one of Mosiah's people. So it's not a common ancestor, but Zarahemla is a common origin point. Oh, okay. I'm extremely impressed with Jones's knowledge. I know. (laughs) Because when I would read this shit, I'm sorry, like this was not uh, the selling point of the religion for me. No. Well, it certainly wasn't the underwear, was it, JJ? No, it was the social engagements, like the people. And it wasn't all of this shit, because this is like a hard-to-follow word salad. Mm-hmm. All right. Take it away, brother Benji. So first, I just want to say, mm-hmm. just as literary commentary. Oh, please do. Hit me with it's it. like, if I'd known who you were, yeah. I wouldn't have tried to kill you or almost have you killed. He's a white guy <laughs> surrounded by dark-skinned people. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, he sees another right. white guy walk in, and I was like, it doesn't occur to him. I wonder if those are the other white guys that we know are here. <laughs> Good point. It should be obvious to him. Why did they even bind them? <laughs> like, for real. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. They clearly weren't Lamanites, if that's the story <laughs> that Joseph is going with, and it is. Yeah, it was. Yes, and, exactly. and, you know, at the, at the time he, he wrote it, it was very clear. Yeah, that's it's, right. They've tried to make it a little foggier since then, but yeah. It's it still should have been clear. very easy to tell them apart. Mm. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> God, that's a classic. <laughs> 
I think we had that advertisement in Australia. Isn't that for like McDonald's or Hungry Jacks or something? Or Burger King? No, it's a goddamn song. Was that Salt and Pepper? Was that? It was a song by CNC Music oh, Factory. Oh, you're right. It was CNC Music Factory. That's right. But they, they probably did use it for commercials. Ah, uh, yeah. If I was either C and CNC Music Factory, I'd be like, yes, please license our song. Yeah. Yeah. We, th- yes. we have one hit, please, for the love of God. No, they, they had two hits. Oh, did they? What were their two songs? The Boobs in the Oh, that one. That was D-Light. Hmm. That's who they were. Yeah, I don't... Uh, the CNC Music Factory did that Gonna Make You Sweat song. Oh. Sweat. Oh, God, yeah. That was a moist video. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... All right. Uh, verse 16. And now... King Limhai commanded his guards that they should no more bind Ammon nor his brethren non-consensually, but caused that they should go to the hill which is north of Shilom and bring their brethren into the city, that therefore they might eat and drink and rest themselves from the labors of their journey. For they had suffered many things. They had suffered hunger, thirst, and fatigue. <laughs> Maybe a bump to the head. <laughs> <laughs> and now it came to pass... On the morrow, that King Limhi sent a proclamation among all his people, that thereby they might gather themselves to the temple to sacrifice some kapaburas <laughs> and hear the words which he should speak unto them. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, they're so cute. They're a giant rodent. I know, yes. but they're so cute. <laughs> they are cute. Oh my Aren't God! Are they related to beavers? Are they related to guinea pigs? I think so. Yeah. Are they? They're common ancestors. Tasty? For sure. Is that why they eat them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they must be tasty, otherwise people would. I think eat they're them. just plentiful. That's why they were harvested. I mean, you got to eat what's around, right? Yeah. What verse are we up to? <laughs> I'm about to read you verse 18. Oh, sorry, sorry go Benjamin. ahead. And it came to pass, when they had gathered themselves together, that he spake unto them in this wise, saying, O ye, my people, lift up your heads and be comforted, for behold, the time is at hand, or is not far distant, when... <laughs> We shall no longer be in subjugation to our enemies because these 16 dudes are here, notwithstanding our many strugglings, which have been in vain. Yet I trust there remaineth an effectual struggle to be made. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice and put your trust in God, in that God who is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and also that God who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and caused that they should walk through the Red Sea on dry ground and fed them with manna that they might not perish in the wilderness. And many more things did he do for them. And again, that same God has brought our fathers out of the land of Jerusalem and has kept and preserved his people even until now. And behold, it is because of our iniquities and abominations that he has brought us into bondage. Oh. I know. They must have been really (laughs) bad in order to get put into bondage. Mm, And not the good kind of bad. Right. (laughs) I know. 21. And ye all are witness this day that Zenith, who was made king over this people, he being overzealous to inherit the land of his fathers, therefore being deceived by the cunning and craftiness of King Laman, who, having entered into a treaty with King Zenith and having yielded up into his hands the possession of a part of the land, or even the city of Lehi-Nephi, and the city of Shilom, and the land roundabout... 
<laughs> do I have to do the next one? No, you're oh, good. Don't you just love the EM dash is just poised at the most inappropriate. Wait, moment? is that what that's called? An EM? What is an EM dash? It's like an extra long dash. That's what it's called? Mm, an M dash. An M dash? I didn't. Mm, mm. I should know that, but I didn't. Okay. Yes, that is a very <laughs> odd M dash. That's a very weird way to end a sentence. That's because the sentence isn't over, Gigi. Oh, God. <laughs> That's, that's right. With Joseph, it's never right. Because that's the purpose of an M dash is to tell you that the sentence isn't over. Oh God, there's more. It's just taking a breath. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay, I'm just glad I'm not reading right now. Go ahead, someone else. I just think it's odd that Joseph always has to say even this, even that. Even this, it's like he learned that little key from reading the Old Testament or something. Because he's remembering more words to write down so the book will be longer. Mm-hmm. He has these little tricks he pulls out to try and make it sound ye oldie, but he overuses those tricks. All right, finish after the M dash. I'll give you verse 22. And all of this he did for the sole purpose of bringing this people into subjection or into bondage. And behold, we at this time do pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites to the amount of one half of our corn and our barley and even all our grain. Of every kind. So he could have just (laughs) said one half of all of the grain that we do. Yeah, that would have been easier. And one half of the increase of our flocks and our herds and even one half of all we have or possess, the king of the Lamanites doth exact of us or our lives. So he could have just said half everything, right? Everything or our lives, right? Ah, so that he chops people in two and takes half their life away. I feel like that might take your whole life away. I'm not. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think I would go that far. I would have been like, they get out of half of everything I want and like maybe five years of my life. Like not all of it though. Like, you know. Yeah. How do you measure half a life? Hmm. It's almost an abortion question, isn't it? (laughs) Verse 73. And now is not this grievous to be born? Oh, it's very grievous to be born. I never wanted to be born and neither do any of those kids. (laughs) And (laughs) is not this our affliction great? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That is a bad whole sentence. It's a terrible (laughs) sentence. Gigi, why do you keep acting surprised when this happens? It's like every fucking (laughs) sentence is a bad sentence. Because she's never read it, James. No, I did. did, She was a good time woman. She didn't take any notice of this. I totally read this, but it was a long time ago. I did not read it twice. It only took me once. Why? It didn't take me long. Like, I read it and I was like, somebody could make this up. I've read better books. That's right. You were reading verses like this and you tripped up on them and realized you had to read it 20 times just to read it once and you were like this is fucked after i found out about the underwear and this you didn't have to tell me twice clink take a drink (laughs) all right verse 24 (laughs) oh i haven't finished that one yet have i and is not this our affliction great now behold how great reason we have to mourn how great reason we have to mourn does that make sense yes (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) Now behold, 
How great reason we have to mourn. I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, you sense. would think that how great of a reason we are yeah. something like, but it's just bad sentence structure. All right, I have one verse left. Mm-hmm. Yay, I say unto you, oh, you don't say. He says unto me, it's not like you're not saying it. Great are the reasons which we have to mourn, semen colon. For behold, how many of our brethren have been slain and their blood has been spilt in vain. You don't have to get so fucking gory. And all because of iniquity. Oh, the iniquity. The iniquity. Take it away, Jones. Verse 25. For if this people had not fallen into transgression, the Lord would not have suffered that this great evil should come upon them. But behold, they would not hearken unto his words, but there arose contentions among them, (laughs) even so much that they did shed blood among themselves. And a prophet of the Lord have they slain, yea, a chosen man of God, who told them of their wickedness and abominations, and prophesied of the many things which are to come, yea, even the coming of Christ. Oh. I mean, they killed him because he was a killjoy. He'd go to all the parties, and he'd be like, you guys shouldn't be doing any of this shit. That's right. Like, stop. God is telling me to tell you, no, no, not that God, the God of Christ. Like, this other God that you haven't heard about yet? Yes, like, you're going to hear about him right. later. They're going to take Christ, and they're going to crucify him, something that you guys haven't heard of yet. (laughs) They're going to do the same thing to him. But it's going to be really popular about that time. (laughs) (laughs) When did crucifixion get invented? Will you look this up? I think it was like a couple hundred years BCE. It would have just had been invented at this time. But the thing is, they left before it was invented. So they're in a different part of the world. Now, patience. The thing is, this is all fake bullshit and it happened. <laughs> Thank you, John, for reminding us once again. <laughs> yeah, once again, he has the voice of reason somehow. All right, Jane, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Verse 27. <laughs> and because he said unto them that Christ was the God, the Father of all things, and said that he should take upon him the image of a man, and it should be the image after which man was created in the beginning, or in other words, he said that man was created after the image of God, and that God should come down among the children of men, and take upon him the flesh and blood, and go forth upon the face of the earth. <gasps> <laughs> oh shit, sentence still isn't over. Oh my god. Yep, there's that big EM dash. Oh, and it ends in a question mark. Mm-hmm. Keep going. No, I did 25, 26, oh, 27. Ben's Somebody else ben. gets 28. Sorry, Brother Ben. Yep. In other words, it's Brother Ben's turn. <laughs> That's right. Ain't my turn. I was just looking up the history of crucifixion. <laughs> Ooh. What a fun topic. Turns out it was invented by a heavy metal band. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yes. Verse 28. And now, because he did say this, they did put him to death. <laughs> and many more things did they do, which brought down the wrath of God upon them. Wait, what other things did they do to him, do you think? <laughs> well, I mean... I think they put him to death, and then they did some other shit. <laughs> right? Oh, that's some necrophilia <laughs> levels shit right there. <laughs> but maybe, wrong. using your example, Gigi, they were like, alright, let's get this party started again. <laughs> Apparently, you can't just invite someone to leave, and then keep going. Remind me not to crush one of your parties. Um, right. Therefore, who wondereth that they are in bondage and that they They're are smitten, smitten with, with sore, sore afflictions? afflictions. <laughs> that sounds like a night of spanking. Yes. 
Some, but not all of them are sexually transmitted <laughs> sores. Oh, there are lots of ways you can get sores. I'm not judging. True, 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 true. Verse 29. For behold, the Lord has said, I will not succor my <laughs> people in the day of their transgressions. Wait, but will he succor them on other days? Almost all the time. <laughs> but I will hedge up their ways that they prosper not. And their doing shall be as a stumbling block before them. And again, he saith, If my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the chaff thereof in the whirlwind. <laughs> Which seems like I didn't quite remember the verse right. <laughs> Keep going. And the effect thereof is poison. Oh, well, that's a great. That's my favorite. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. No, we've used a lot of words that I enjoy here just for the fun of it. The filthiness, uh, the reaping, the chaffing, the whirlwind of poison. <laughs> it was a short little paragraph. Like, that was enjoyable for me. Whose go is it next? Gigi is closing us out. Thank God these are short. And again, he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the east wind, which bringeth immediate destruction. <laughs> the wicked witch of the east. <laughs> and now, behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and ye are smitten and afflicted. Oh my goodness. God's only happy when you're all smitten and afflicted. But if ye will turn to the Lord with full <laughs> purpose of heart and put your trust in him and serve him with all diligence of mind, if ye do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, <sighs> deliver you out of bondage. He just keeps adding shit in there and it just sounds so wrong. He started off strong with it, but then he ruined the end. Well, thank you for helping me read that. Oh We've my goodness. The main meat of the word today. I mean, I feel fulfilled and happy. Oh, do you? <laughs> it's only because I had my one period beer of the month. <laughs> is it your birthday, Patience? It is my birthday. No. Yes. How? Someone just posted that 18 minutes ago. They wished you happy birthday. Ew, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. My mom always told me that if anybody asks you how old you are, that if you're a lady, you should lie upwards. Oh. Because then people will always say, oh my, you look so young for your age. Oh, really? <laughs> so I tell people I'm 75. I don't have an age. <laughs> Good for you. You are ageless. There you That's go. That's right. I'm like God. Oh. So you're pretend? I'm make-believe. <laughs> I'm not All a real right. girl. She's <laughs> as real as any God ever was. Right? That's right. <laughs> at oh, least. <laughs> at least as real. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. See you later. All right. Bye-bye.